Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Mojo Sports. We are on the NFL episode and the podcast. We are talking all things week two and week three. So we're just going to give a quick wrap up of week two. We're going to give you a quick preview of week three. But before I get into the games and what another interesting script it was from the NFL, bravo to the people that are writing the script. Week two, again, was fascinating. After the Aaron Rodgers injury in week one, there was a, a statement that came out from the NFL, NFPA, NFLPA, anything. Anyway, the Players Association for the NFL released a statement saying that all fields needed to be turned to grass. All turf fields need to go to grass. Riley, as someone who also plays American football, obviously we don't play on the same kind of fields that these NFL guys do, but we do play on turf and we do play on grass. Do you think there's an argument for the fact that it's the turf problem? Do you think it's inconsistency of the fields? Or do you think that everybody seems to play football on grass? Um, I mean, for me, I haven't played on turf enough to, I would say, like really have a argument for and against it. Um, but, you know, it is much quicker on turf. It is a lot easier to maintain. So obviously I understand why the NFL want to keep it as turf. Um, But there's, I don't know how many stadiums are about to come and redo their turf so that soccer can play on it. So why not, why not just change it anyway? Like, you know, there is the, the connection between the, the injuries being higher on the turf. Like it is hard. I remember my first game on turf, I got tackled and I took off half my arm in skin. Um, It was just like a giant, burn because it's just like razor when you hit it but um yeah I think you know it's just that that um that give that grass and 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 soil sorry gives you it could just put you know Rogers that video of him slowing it down when you actually see his Achilles pop because his 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 shoe's not going anywhere like who knows if that could have prevented it but I think I don't think the NFL are going to really have a choice sooner or later because it's just going to continue to happen. And um, I think they're going to end up hosting more sports in these kind of stadiums because they could just hold so many people anyway. So, Laura, we did see kind of week two, um, and I'll get your thoughts on whether or not you think turf and grass um, of football should be played, but we did see a lot of injuries happen in week two. You know, we saw a lot of running backs get injured and now we've talked previously on the podcast about the running backs and how little they get paid compared to every other teams I mean it's it's an interesting position it's a tough position and to some degree on your knees your ankles the amount of weight you're taking and hitting as you're running through it's kind of a dangerous position as well do you think that you know, we saw a fantastic showing week one for running backs, and then week two, we saw a lot of injuries. <laughs> Do you think this is probably why running backs are not paid as much because they can just be transferred through? I think the running back, this situation we've had in week two is really interesting coming back on the back of all the conversations that have taken place in this offseason just gone and about, you know, what we're going to pay them. You know, historically, that's why running backs tend to get great deals early on is because they do have a short shelf life. They are prone to these injuries. These They do come up. We've seen almost every great running back suffer some type of great injury like what we saw roll through with Nick Chubb this week. Um, you know, it's a tough position because 
in my opinion, you can't win football games without running the ball. It's a crucial part. I think, especially coming from Seattle, that is everything. We should have always stuck to running the ball and never deviated from that script. But, you know, you can understand the trepidation and why teams are sometimes, especially looking at a player like Saquon Barkley, who has had a few injuries, why there is that nerve and then seeing him go down again this week. It's it's a tough one because these athletes still deserve the recognition and the remuneration for the work they do and the skills that they bring to the game. But we are seeing these injuries become more common, more apparent, and they are continuing to happen. So back to the turf conversation, I think at the end of the day, the bottom line comes down to the NFL has to listen to its players. It has to listen to the people on the field. And if the NFLPA, if everyone's coming together in this collective thought, I mean, that's the only argument that should matter. That's the only conversation that should matter. But man, it was a tough week for running backs. I personally lost two of my stars from my fantasy teams. It was um not great, but you know, these boys deserve to get played and injuries are part of the sport. You know, even Aaron Rodgers went down last week. So yeah, you know, pay the boys, but it is a concern and it is part of the territory. Yeah, Jamie, you kind of wrap us up here. Um, you know, Terry versus grass, injuries, you know, we saw a lot of key players go out for fantasy teams. Just a little fun question for you after week two. How many people do you think are going to be scrambling for their fantasy teams to try and pick up running backs, pick up wide receivers, pick up quarterbacks? Because there are a couple people go with concussions. I mean, not a good week for fantasy managers. Yeah, I think if you're not scrambling on the waiver wires uh, for those positions that you listed, Alex, I think you're the, one of the lucky few, to be fair. Um I can't I can't uh recall exactly what the, the first two weeks of of last couple of years were like but it does feel like you know very very heavy on the injury front this early in the season already i could be wrong i could be wrong this is something that i should go look at and uh and double check and i will after i've finished talking here but um yeah in fantasy if you're still alive two weeks into the season with uh, two wins or one and one wins and and your stars are still good then you know count your lucky stars and and, and pray that the curse doesn't hit you yeah, uh, Riley absolutely demolished me in our, one of our leagues uh, this past week in fantasy. It was it was a little embarrassing, but you know that is the game. That's why we play it. It is fun and it is an absolute just kind of free for all. Some weeks. Um, moving into week two, uh, we'll quickly just run off the scores. Some nice to see the Giants get some points finally on the board after what appeared to be six quarters of just sheer horrible football but we had the eagles outlast the vikings falcons outlast the packers bills over raiders ravens over Bengals, seahawks over lions titans over chargers buccaneers unfortunately over the bears chiefs over jags colton's over tex 49ers over the rams cardinals cardinals lost to the giants excuse me cowboys over the jets commanders over the broncos dolphins over the patriots and then saints over the panthers and steelers over the browns my question to the group is, and uh, Laura, you can take this one first. We have a couple teams sitting in 2-0. A couple surprising teams sitting 0-2. Um, are you surprised by some of the teams that are sitting 2-0? We have Washington sitting 2-0. Um, we have Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay sitting 2-0. But we also have the likes of New England sitting 0-2. We have the likes of the Bengals sitting 0-2. And and we have the likes of the Chiefs as 1-1. 
And same thing with Buffalo, one and one. Interesting two weeks of football because these are some interesting scores. And we're yeah. Only- yeah, I saw a couple of um posts come up today and come up yesterday about, you know, the teams, which team is left to another. And when you actually sit down and you look at those logos, it is shocking. I mean, I when you look at the Bengals this year compared to last year, yes, they started 0-2 last year as well and went on to do as well as they did. But something about this year's team seems a little different from what we've seen so far. I mean, these are games that they should have been able to close out. Um, and they just haven't been able to make that happen, make that work. That little bit of spark has been missing. So the Bengals is a big, you know, a bit of a concern still, surprised to be um oh and two to begin. But looking at the two and oh teams, I think it's an exciting bunch. What we're seeing out of the NFC South has just been so electric and so exciting from a division that I think a lot of people were kind of not really caring about this year, especially after the departure of Tom Brady. But, you know, Baker Mayfield has shined. Desmond Ritter has shined. Kyle Pitts still has not shown up for anyone in the fantasy world, but that's okay. There is still hope. Um, But, you know, looking at these teams, it's a really interesting situation. I'm glad the Bills backed up, made it to one and one. The Eagles sitting two and oh, to me, is a little bit of a fake number. You know, I do like the Eagles. There is a lot of hope there, but... They were messy wins. They they looked two and zero, but they but it, it wasn't it wasn't great situations happening over there. I'm sure Jamie is heartbroken to hear that right now. Um, but I also definitely did not see the Ravens sitting two and zero. So let's see how long that one lasts. I think that's the one I'm going to be paying attention to over the next couple of games. Jamie, Laura made an interesting point about your uh, Eagles, um, and I know there's I can see it on your face. You just you just want to comment. I mean. The commentators made a great point in the Vikings game is that the Eagles are sitting 2-0 and they're not even playing good football. With all due respect to your Eagles, they're just, they don't look like they're showing up all that well. And you've seen this from a couple of teams. You've seen spurts, you've seen bits and pieces. Again, I think we saw, and I hate to say this, um, but I'm going to use them as an example. We saw Green Bay kind of really play quite well, unfortunately, in week one. And then week two, we just saw um, their quarterback, uh, love try to go forward without the ball on an under center snap, which I don't know if you've ever played under center. It's quite difficult to um, run past the center if he hasn't snapped you the ball with your hands between his legs. <laughs> so but it's it's little things like that. Do you think? I, I don't know. Talk to me. The Eagles. They just are, you, are we waiting for these teams to kind of put it together? Are they still trying to figure out pieces? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's part of a larger. Um, topic which we I think we talked about it off air well, no no we talked about it in the last episode and it was this idea that you know players and teams are moving into the pre uh moving from the preseason into the regular season with very little actual playing time for their starters you know so those first couple weeks uh regardless of the training schedule and stuff it is going to be rusty while you get used to it it's the same as in any sport I'm sure um and then I think the next thing is that this is definitely something that as a group we've talked about. Um, but uh, no, this is something that we talked about off air uh, last week. Um, and we, I think we just raised the the topic as a group of like, is this the year that we're seeing defenses uh, kind of equal, like level the playing field a bit, you know? And in that sense, <clears throat> week one, you can always have aberrations, but you know, you look to week two and it, it, 
whilst there were some like higher scoring games, I, I still think that there were some unbelievable defensive performances, which really, really unsettled uh, a lot of quarterbacks. Um, I mean, I know in the Eagles game, for example, the Vikings defense, who I, I didn't think much of last year, uh, they brought in Brian Flores, uh, the defensive coordinator this year, um, who's, you know, well-renowned. He's, he's going to throw some, some, some weird stuff out there. And that first quarter, especially when it ended 3-0, uh, to the Eagles, it was like, how is this Vikings defense able to to um, to impact the kind of efficiencies of a team that's supposedly a contender? Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I think we're seeing we're seeing weird looks on that front. The lack of the preseason uh, is a factor, and hopefully, you know, we start to see some some more um, coherent uh, attacking play from these teams on a more consistent basis. Riley, we saw a couple of these games in week two and week one that were lost by, you know, a field goal were lost by one point play. Um, I'm not quite sure what the Rams were doing, kicking the ball when they were fourth and whatever they were doing and down by seven. Um, you know, we've got we've got our beloved Bears sitting 0 and 2. We've got the Bengals sitting 0 and 2. We've got um Carolina sitting 0-2, Arizona sitting 0-2, Minnesota sitting 0-2. And, and we talked kind of highly of Minnesota as the season started. Chargers, Denver, Houston, New England. Last time New England went 0-2, they had Tom Brady come in week three. They don't have Tom Brady this year. So out of these 0-2 teams, what do you need to see in week three? Who do you think can actually turn their season around? Um, and who has to win week three to even be viable come playoffs? Uh, look, I mean, I'm always going to give love to my Bengals because I know the Bears suck. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals should be better than they are, um, but I think it's Joe Burrow's calf that's killing them. I, I honestly think that either he came back too early or um, he didn't get enough practice in preseason, which just going off what Jamie said before is, I think, a bigger a bigger deal um, than a lot of teams are making it out to be. I would just like to point out a stat that I heard today is that CJ Stroud now has more 300-yard games than Justin Fields, and he's played two games. Um, so to oh, Ohio that, State, those Ohio State quarterbacks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so to see the, uh, the Bears zero and two. I'm I'm not surprised at all. I just hope that the Bears and Carolina both keep sucking. Honestly, give us pick one and two next year. That's fine. Set us up for whatever. Um, it's but it's the Chargers. They are the team that should have won both of these games. I don't understand how you lose to the Titans. Um, <laughs> Joe Saley's not fired in the first half of this season if they don't go at least two and two. Um, yeah, he's gone. He has to be gone. After blowing a 27-point lead last year in that, they've, they're on like a four-game losing streak now or something like that going back next year. And how do you blow a 27-zip halftime lead? to a quarterback in his very first playoff appearance. Um, 
Um, yeah, so I, I was going to say the Chargers. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it, again, we talk about it off air. We talk about it. The NFL makes the jokes. We make the jokes as fans. But the script, right? We talk about the NFL script. We talk about the writing, right? And sometimes it's great when you're on social media and they bring up these things and you see people that are like, Ravens are going to win by three in their game, right? And they post it before it even happens. So I think what's really exciting about these two weeks, apart from just some awesome football, we saw some very interesting overtime games um, with Seahawks and Lions, Titans and Chargers. Um, We saw some interesting decisions, as I said earlier, with the Rams kicking on fourth down for a field goal with like seven seconds left to go in the game. They covered the spread. They did. They covered the spread. We saw the the Bears have a little bit of life and then just completely lose it, um, which is, you know, very <laughs> common for the yeah. Bears. Um, we saw the Browns have a very interesting game against the Steelers. I mean, as we kind of look into week three, uh, we'll just quickly go around the grounds and say, like, Jamie, what was your biggest surprise out of week two, your best performance out of week two defensively, player-wise? You know, we see that the Dolphins just keep moving that ball. Um, surprise from week two before we head um, Yeah. I, 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 was very, I was very impressed by Lamar's game um, against the Bengals. I thought he looked pretty calm under center. I'm going to be honest. I actually really enjoyed watching him as Riley pulls a funny face at me. Um, no, I, I thought he played well there. Um, but I don't know. Uh, biggest surprise. Actually, yeah, Deshaun Watson in that last game. Oh, my Lord, dude. Like $230 million promised to this man. He throws 40 passes, hits on 22 of them, and looks god awful now i'd have to go back again double check maybe his line just can't protect him and it's much much harder than you know than than the than the stats come out and you know that pittsburgh um their 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 rush defense is 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 a scary scary sight to see but still like you are paid what top five quarterback money and you're playing like a bottom five quarterback to start the season this is awful like this is really 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 bad and especially when you see how good that brand's defense is like they're legit I think defensively they are a legit uh, contender in that sense. Like that's a defense that I could see going a long, long way in this league. Um, so yeah, I'd say Deshaun Watson playing as bad as he did uh, the second week into the season is is my biggest takeaway. Look, you know what? It was bound to happen for him throwing a pick in his first play of the game. Um, I still stand by my Browns prediction for the season uh, based on that performance in week two. Uh, for me, I think um, it, it was the Giants. The Giants come back, um, having not scored in six quarters and getting outscored, but I think it was like 70 points in in six quarters uh, to come back and have probably one of the biggest comebacks I've had of their, um, you know, career so far. Uh, Jones kind of earning his money there, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my big, my big surprise. Um, Laura, before we get into our picks of week two, what was your surprise for uh, week one or best performance? Uh, Gardner Minshew coming in for the Colts. You know, that's a man that we've seen over the last few seasons come out in times of need. He looks great. Then he kind of peters off and then he comes back. But that was a great showing. He came out when the Colts needed him. 
Um, you know, not a not a pretty performance by all means across the board with that team, but 19 of 23, 170 yards. The, the boy came out and he did his job. Wasn't expecting him to be out. I'm on a Gardner Minshew Facebook group. Um, so that was going off once he came out and won the game. Also, Seattle got to give my props. That wasn't that was we pulled that through. I don't know how, but we made it work. Um, coming into week three, well, Seattle is playing the Panthers. So I feel great about that. I'm hoping that week three is going to be a bit fun. Going to see a bit more production out of DK. Um, you know, over hundred receiving yards. That's what I'm going for, for him. Uh, week three. Oh, I would love to see the bears beat the chiefs. And part of me, ah, you and me both. Be, that could be in the script. So wow. I, if that happens, I don't know what will happen on the podcast next week, but that that's my goal. Oh, I'd be mad. <laughs> yeah. I'd be mad either. Um, Riley, she did lead in a nice little Bears lead into week three. Um, your surprise uh, from week two before you kind of give us your picks for week three. Um, yeah, look, it, the Giants were up there with one of mine, but not to not to stick with stealing each other's um sacred content sacred content this is good um no i'll i'll go with the um oh my god i just the bills uh josh allen actually came back and had a really good bounce back game um they actually know how knew how to run the ball in this game which surprisingly enough is not something that they are used to doing um and they just had a, a good, clean game. You know, no turnover, uh, no interceptions from Allen, no fumbles from Cook. Um, you know, and and twenty eight points is a big win. Um, so I think I think that with all the Allen hate that was kind of coming after that that I'm going to call it pathetic game against the Jets, which were Rogersless. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll give him. I'll give him his props for that. Um, into next week. Oh, look, I, I'm inclined to agree with Laura that I would absolutely love to see the Bears beat the Chiefs. And I would hope it is something really ridiculous, like a Patrick Mahomes trying to do something magic, fumbles it, scooped by the Bears, we win by one point. Like, Something dramatic just to watch Mahomes sit on the ground and cry away his magic. Um, But also I would just like to give a quick shout-out to Jordan Love um, for forgetting how to snap the ball on a sneak. Um, And thank you to the Falcons for beating them because I don't think there was anything funnier than watching him move without his line and essentially falling into them. Um, but a game that I'm actually really excited about next week is Broncos versus Dolphins. 0-2-2-0. It's potentially playoff eliminating for the Broncos and it could potentially lead the Dolphins into not a hole because they obviously have the two wins already, but it might just bring them down a little. Um, Patrick Satan in at cornerback. He's most likely going to be tailing Tyreek Hill all day. Um, and that, you know, they they've got a pretty good defense. They just need to to learn to not single cover the two fastest wide receiver tandems in the league. Um, <laughs> unlike Chargers, who seem to not know how to zone. 
Um, yes, <laughs> Riley, I did. I did like your thank you notes, um, as I'm going to call them um, for this week. I think that might be just a segment we give you moving forward. Um, Riley's thank you notes for the week. <laughs> um, for me, again, I'm going to piggyback off what you two said. It would be great to see the Bears beat the Chiefs. Um, however, that's a 6:25 game on Monday morning, and you know, I'd really like to go into work happy. Monday morning so <laughs> that 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 would be good I am looking forward to that one I'm actually kind of looking forward to see Rams Bengals just because I think both those teams are a little bit lackluster at the moment that I feel like either the Bengals can bounce back or the Rams are going to come out and 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 just do something interesting there um but that one I'm kind of interested to see hmm? I was gonna say it's only if Burrow plays there's potential he's out which, yeah, I don't even know who their backup is, but me either. I don't think many people know who the backup in, in Cincinnati is, but um, maybe they'll find Joe Blow off the street and he'll be able to do it. Um, or they can talk to Johnny Menzel. I don't know, but there might be options that they have in Ohio there. Uh, and final game for me that I'm kind of looking forward to, and I'm going to probably get a face for this one too, is Falcons-Lions. Uh, I just want to see what the Lions bring out in that game. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see a 2-0 and Falcons against a 1-1 and Lions. I do think the Falcons are going to get their first loss against the Lions. Um, but those are my games to kind of round out um, – my picks for week three, Jamie, you get to kind of finish us off your picks for week three and any other thank you notes you'd like to share as well. Uh, I'd also like to quickly apologize on this pub on this podcast publicly to my Rams slander for the last couple of weeks. Um, I went pretty heavily on Stafford and the Rams preseason and I have to eat a lot of humble pie. Uh, I'm also getting a Puka Nakua tattoo on my throat so everyone can see how much of a fan I am of this absolute stud of a human being. Um, now, my, my, my pick for next week is the, I think you mentioned it earlier, um, Alex, it's the, it's the Chargers Vikings game. I mean, I think, you know, week three and am I going too far as to say this is a, a playoff decider? Like whoever loses this game isn't going to make the playoffs. So. Week three, and we've already got such a high stakes game. It's crazy to think. Um, and yeah, those are my takeaways. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird in week three to be uttering playoff contenders or playoff contention or out of playoff contention or you know, and we're and we're talking about teams that coming into the season, the Vikings were the favorites to win the NFC North. You know, now they're sitting 0-2. Um, the Chargers, again, another team that should be sitting, you know, what we think should be 2-0, but are sitting 0-2. Um, so it's I, I think you're seeing a shift in NFL teams right now. You're not seeing these big standouts come in and and blast these games wide open. You're seeing very close, close games. I think the offseason that we had with the NFL and the free agency and the drafting has made some very interesting matchups and very interesting teams to very interesting personnel um, out there, obviously, especially with, with coaching as well. And then we've also just seen some major disappointments, um, but it, yeah, I mean, there's a great stat that I saw that, um, that new uh, you mentioned his name out of the Rams. Uh, Puka, Puka yeah. Nakua. Yeah. Puka who has, I think 50 fantasy points in two weeks and Jamar Chase, who everybody was taking, Round one, round two, round three, 17 points within the first two weeks of fantasy. 
I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just kind of the fun of fun of fantasy. It's the fun of football. Um, but as we know, we all get quite amped and we all check in on each other when our teams lose or win or go into overtime. Um, Laura has to give Riley and I some bit of space sometimes when the Bears do lose <laughs> like they did on Monday morning. I like to check in with Laura just to make sure she's still breathing after a Seahawks overtime win. And well, Jamie, you're until your Eagles lose, you're fine. Um, but <laughs> that's kind of everything we got time for. As always, enjoy the NFL script because who knows what week three is going to bring us. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who takes the field based on injuries and uh, who can bounce back from their 0-2 losses as we head into week three.